High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Now it is that time of the week when we head to Washington DC where we're joined as ever by Michael Graham. Michael, you're very welcome to the programme. And it's always delighted to be with you as opposed to that George Hook fellow. He's so much trouble and, and really pleasant. <laughs> oh, I, I'd say you bring trouble on yourself, Michael. Not me, not me. I'm a big, warm, friendly hug of Irish radio every week. Just a big, big hug. And I urge all the listeners to grab a nice, chewy bagel or maybe a big slice of pizza. Order it with extra gluten. Scoot up near the radio and join the fun. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because we are going to be talking about obesity and that kind of thing this morning. I presume you have a lot of sympathy for people who struggle and suffer with obesity. Well, I'm, I do as an individual because when I was a kid, I was fat. And I want to make this perfectly clear. I was not, as my grandmother said, husky or big boned. I was a big tub of goo. I weighed 145 pounds in the fourth grade, which I don't know how to translate that into whatever you people metric. You know, It's about 10 and a bit stone. Yeah, and uh, I was so fat that I couldn't play on the little uh, American Football League team for my age group because I was, you know, that was a class of my fat. I had to go up to the next level. And so when I was younger, it was a deal. And it's one of those things I have to keep an eye on. And so I have a kind of lifestyle regimen that I do just to keep it in, uh, you know, in check. And I, so on the one hand, I worry about the other hand, I'm not fat. And that's one thing that I think, uh, particularly not to, to be uh, uh, sexist here, but Women, you, you guys are obsessed with every tiny ounce of fat. You, 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 I, you know, women who are totally healthy and healthy looking. Oh, I'm so fat. I don't think I'm, I'm like, God. and so you've got all this psychological stuff going on. And what's happened is some unethical pseudo scientists and some ethical, unethical marketers have gotten together and they've, uh, you know, created these categories of foods to f- scare you away from totally healthy food and urge you to buy more expensive bogus food like non-fat this and gluten-free that and there's just not a lot of health science to back it up but but uh, uh, just to use one example the gluten-free industry raked in 1.57 billion dollars in the most recent year available despite the fact that only one percent of the u.s population has celiac disease and are affected in a meaningful way by gluten. They don't care. They just want to scare you to get you to spend more money. I, I do love your imitation of women there. You sound almost exactly like me. Hmm. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know. But you'll be surprised to know I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised myself. There is a food <laughs> fashion industry. There are food fads and then we are being marketed nonsense by people who are making money of preying on people's, I suppose, ignorance or lack of education around what good nutrition amounts to. And, you know, some of it is kind of uh, simplified thinking. The United States, the government keeps rolling out these food guidelines. We used to have the food pyramid. Now they have the food quadrangular. I forget whether. But it was all based on bogus or, you know, industry influence, quote, science. For example, this argument that if you eat food with fat in it, that makes that makes fat that suddenly it turns into, you know, the stuff in your arteries. No, if you're like my lovely bride who has had uh, high cholesterol her entire life, she has that because of the way her body performs. I, through no, you know, I don't deserve it, but my body is, I have no cholesterol. I mean, like my doctor says, we want to give you cholesterol. (laughs) So I sit around and I eat pork rinds and red meat and lard on toast, (laughs) and it has no effect on me because... 
that's not, and it's also interesting is there was a time when, not to make this political, but people on the left kind of prided themselves on, we understand the nuance, you know, the, the, you simpletons over there, you, you have the simplistic view of the world, the, the nuance. And yet people on the left are the ones who buy these bogus notions that, well, if I eat a piece of fat, doesn't it magically turn to fat? My, well, you, know, you eat a piece of chicken, it doesn't turn into feathers. It's an, it's a, it's a juvenile way to look at the world. And yet the marketers know it and they jump on it and we follow along. Do you not think, though, Michael, that's just what's happening is, is people are trying to do the right thing. They want to maybe be a certain size or shape and they're just vulnerable to the very clever, very slick marketing out there that says, do this and you'll be healthy, do that and you'll be thin. And, and so they go, OK, well, I'll try that. I want to be healthy and thin. So, so in a way, they are vulnerable to this because marketing works. We know this. Well, you're right about the human condition. That's what we can agree. I just disagree with you on the motives. If you really want to be thin, you know what to do. And we all know what to do. Tell tell me what to do. Take, consume fewer calories and burn more calories. And unfortunately, the way the human body works, the most efficient way is on the consumption side. It is very hard to exercise your way to thinness. It's a reason why you've heard people complain when they're on a diet and they're working out, they hit a kind of a plateau and their body actually starts getting heavier because they're making more muscle mass, et cetera, and they get frustrated. Well, the problem is most of what determines your, you know, your, your fat level or your weight or whatever your body, body mass index is on the consumption side. So, you know, put down the, I forget what your words, chimps, crimps, crisps, crisps, normal <laughs> stuff, put it, put it down, put down the tub of ice cream, put Tatoes. down the Oreos, stop it. And, and we all know that, but they say, that's hard. That's no fun. That's not, we want to, so what we do is we go out and we buy the quote, low fat Oreo cookies. My wife is such a sucker for these because if you look at the calorie count, the calorie count is within just, you know, 20 calories of the regular yummy Oreos. I'm like, baby, only have two Oreos. Then you boom, you're done because your calorie count came in. So what we want is we want to have our cake and eat it too. Literally is what we want. We also, I think the other part of this that is part is virtues signaling, saying what kind of person you are. I'm the kind of person who eats locally produced, locavore, non-gluten, blah, 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 blah. Well, what does that actually do to your body and to the environment? I don't know. I just know that it makes me a better person. That's why I walk past your coffee shop and go to Starbucks because everyone knows I'm a Starbucks person. So there's a lot of virtual sig- virtue signaling self-identity in this uh, food nonsense as well. I, I've talked about this with George. I'm curious if you agree. There are people who seem to want their children to have a food allergy mm. or a gluten, whatever, to put them in a special, oh, my little Johnny can't have the cupcakes with everybody. He has to have the crappy tasting paste cupcakes because my little Johnny's special. I think there's some of that going on too. Uh-uh. Actually, yeah, I kind of do. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just I actually do agree. I think the fashions and the fads around food are are more or less nonsense. We know lots of things. We know, for example, that organic food is not particularly any better for you than non-organic food. We know that eating a gluten-free diet, if you're not celiac, may in fact be bad for you rather than good for you. We we know all of this kind of stuff. But I do sort of feel sorry for people nonetheless who who walk that walk, even if they are virtue signaling. Because I think they don't have enough information and they are bombarded. And and I'll take it even further. And I would say that after religion fell away, as it largely did in, in our society over here, we, we, we embraced environmentalism as a new kind of form of religion. And now we're embracing food as the newest thing that we have become almost zealot-like uh, around. And people literally are passionate and judgmental about what they're eating and what other people are eating. And it seems to be the church of food. Uh, it does. And people, because people want to be part of something bigger than themselves, 
they, they want to define themselves in a moral universe. There's a brand new book out by Roger Scruton. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. S-C-R-U-T-O-N called uh, 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 The Human Condition. I'm screwing this up. But he talks about how what makes us human is not the biological machine that rose up, but rather this sense of self that we have inside the machine that changes, that makes us uniquely, you know, we're, we're unique among animals on this planet. Uh, and this is part of what he talks about is you, no matter what culture, no matter what society, people are looking for a way to join something, if you will. And so if mm. you abandon. If, once you start abandoning things, well, I'm going to abandon religion, I'm going to abandon my tribe. You know, there was a time just a few thousand years ago when family was what you joined. You were part of this you know, clan or clique or you know, family. You know? uh, and so now people are finding something else. And all I'd ask you to do is just think about it. I mean, just think about it for a second, what you're doing. For example, locally produced uh, you know, products, foods and, and meats and vegetables, whatever. If you re- are doing that because you care about you know the environment and you want to be a good greenie, think about just just find out how much uh, you know uh, uh, carbon has to be produced to generate the electricity to grow this plant that's supposed to grow at the equator in Ireland. You know it takes you got to do a lot of stuff. How much does it you know what, the chemicals that you have to bring in to make it work? What does that involve? Find out what you really accomplish. But people don't want that knowledge. They like I said, they want the feeling, the virtue signaling, not the fact. I'm not against local produce. In fact, I love like traveling when I travel around the world. I want to eat what the locals eat that they get there. But low, eat it naturally. There's no such thing as a locavore banana in <laughs> Dublin. It's just not there. Tell me this. You, you, you described yourself as being very heavy when you were young and you're not Back. heavy now. So you obviously Back. went on a journey. <laughs> your words. You obviously went on a journey of weight loss over some period in your life. How did you do that and when did you do that? Well, when I was a teenager, and you're going to think this is hilarious speaking of religion, my family who are evangelical Christians, we went on basically the Jesus diet. Uh, someone in our church was involved. and they, it, was, it was interesting. It was a time when uh, people were kind of thinking about you know, the church was all spiritual. Now they're saying, well, we need to think physical too, and you should be healthier. Your body's the temple. You know, you got to do missions for God. Are you healthy enough to do it? And so basically, I didn't know at the time, but we went on a modified version of the Atkins diet. We cut out a lot of starches, a lot of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, produced uh, carbs and ate more, you know, pl- uh, uh, vegetables, more meat. And it just, that helped, that kind of shifted my you know, my, how I ate and infected me for the rest of my life. And the second thing is I discovered later in life that I'm one of those people that if I do a minimal amount of exercise, not only do I feel better, but it helps me maintain, you know, my weight. And so I do this lame 30 minute elliptical thing five times a week. And I hate every second of it. I hate so all of you who hate exercising. You're right. It is not normal for the human body to you're only supposed to run if a dinosaur is chasing you. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. And, but I do it and it's, it's worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but it's worked for me. Uh, people, are, people are getting involved with, with our conversation here, Michael. I've got a text that says, wow, wow, don't show your ignorance. I don't know if that's you or me. There are different levels of allergic reaction and response. If people feel better excluding the so-called placebo effect, let them. And organic vegetables are sprayed less for one thing. Come on now. Facts, facts. What do you say to that? I'd say, well, first of all, you sprayed something on, on a vegetable. Big, I have a trick for that. It's, it's, I learned it through my you know, uh, in-depth <laughs> scientific study. Rinse them off. There you go. It's, it's that simple. Look, people, cells are cells. You know, cucumber is a cucumber. Uh, sugar is sugar. If it's uh, sucrose in corn syrup or if it's sucrose in processed white powder, it's still sugar. It's the same thing. Those are the facts. Basic biology that we've thrown out, partly, I agree with you, part under a barrage of marketing, but also I think if you you can't overlook the virtue signaling slash self-image stuff that's going on with this too. 
Look, uh, there's another text here that says, Kira, you're agreeing with Michael Michael Graham. Has the world stopped spinning? So on that note, I think we, we, we have we discover we have more in common than we have in difference, Michael. So well, thank you. On this area, wait, wait till you have me back and we talk about the difference between sex and gender and why that's a totally bogus <laughs> premise and the academic left are inventing non-science to pursue politics. Then we will disagree. I'm sure. I tell you what, hold that thought for the next Tuesday I'm in for George. Thank you very much. That is Michael Graham as ever today. Uh, and lots of you getting involved. Someone has said here, please, uh, let's not introduce Trump-style reporting to Irish radio. Do your homework. And that's from Colin in Shankill. And somebody else here says, says, Ciao. I like that. It's kind of uh, exotic. I buy organic celery, not because I think it has more nutritional value, but because I think it has fewer pesticides. And uh, someone else has said here, Hi, Dr. Kira. I do like, you know, getting a title. Uh, agree with you on the food zealotry. It's hard to know what to do, though, when, for example, the five a day is based on a US ad campaign from the 1950s and the safe limit for alcohol were plucked out of the air their own words, by a bunch of British epidemiologists in the 1980s. What are we to believe? And that's from Des in Monkstown. Yeah, you know what? I totally agree with you, Des. I think that we are being bombarded and literally bombarded with information. And most people are trying to do the right thing and don't even know what that is anymore. And that's quite difficult for them.